Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of the Trap or Die podcast provided to you by 214 Media and SB Nation's Hogs Haven. I'm your host, Molly Maul, Hendog Maul, Coach Maul, all that good stuff, man. Welcome back. We back, man. We had a little off week last week, man. So we finally came back with the, the free agency. We got a ton. We got a, a lot of news to discuss, man. Let me go ahead and check the comments. Al2 checking in. Uh, what's going on, Al2? Monty, appreciate you checking in. AJ and Dre are on the way. Um, Let's get the administrative items out of the way before we go ahead. And I'm interested in this too, Al2. I am. Because I, I had said $5 million before um for those that's listening on the podcast side i am sorry um out too in the live chat mentioned uh mike white signing for two years 16 mil uh eight on the aav eight per on the aav he's wondering what taylor heineke uh will ultimately sign for and that's gonna be interesting we could get the things going there we go um all right Administrative items, if you are new to the Chop and Die podcast, make sure you are hitting that follow button on the YouTube side or subscribe button, whatever it is. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast side, the audio side, make sure you hit follow or subscribe in whichever way you are listening. We definitely appreciate it. If you got time to do a, a rating, a review, man, we appreciate it. Um, okay, so Washington has been busy. Let's go ahead and figure out where we're going to start with uh brian checking in yes sir that's actually where i was gonna i was thinking about going four years 90 million uh for deron i think he had what 68 million guaranteed um now i am coming in from the gym probably about 20 minutes ago so i know when i was on my way to the had a presser um in the midst of me driving to the gym so i'm about to go ahead and check in and see what he had to say about it um I see the headline from Hogs Haven saying that he he mentioned the deal hasn't really hasn't really set in or hit him yet. 
I'm mean, just interesting. I mean, when you get, <laughs> we've been busy signing mid the cream of the trash heap. That's interesting. Um, back to pain because I don't want to get distracted. We're going to get to all the the, the signings. Um, let's go ahead and get AJ. Well, I'm gonna get, I, I give AJ a little bit of time to get set up. Um, so yeah, Deron had 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 his media uh, presser earlier today, saying that you know he don't think it's hit him all all the way yet. It'll probably hit him in a couple of days. I know he mentioned that one of the things that he said was uh, one of the first things he was going to do is just take his family on a trip. Um, he also mentioned that uh, in terms of the franchise tag, that the team actually told him that they were going to tag him, uh, but wanted to work out a long term deal and they got it done quickly. Uh, now I want to start there because, uh, there's a, there's one big thing what's going on, Marcus. Appreciate you checking in. Appreciate everybody that's checking in right now. Uh, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Chopper Dive podcast. Let me know your thoughts out too. Says, well, we've been signing mid, <laughs> uh, the cream of the trash heap. Let me know your thoughts on what's been going on in free agency so far, uh, or the legal tampering period, whatever the hell they want to call it. Um, what do you like? What do you what do you not like? What are you concerned about? Um, what's some projections that you want to make? Anything that's on your mind, let us know in the chat. Let's talk about it. Um, but back to Deron. Um, they told him they want to tag him, uh, but wanted to work out a longer term deal and they got it done quickly. One of the biggest things that I'm actually surprised about is how quickly they got it done. Um, when you understand that, uh, let me see if I can pull up the list. So I don't even I think one of them got signed already to uh, Geron, uh, Hargrave from Philadelphia, but let me pull up um, free agents spot track because there are a number of defensive linemen that are set to hit the market officially hit the market on Wednesday. Dakota, what is Dakota? What is up with you, bro? Uh, all right, here we go. So Javon Hargrave already signed four years, 84 million, right? Here, girl. Um, now you have Fletcher Cox on the market, right? He's 32. So, I mean, you take that for what it's worth. Um, you have, uh, where are the other people that I was looking at? Um, I should have sorted this. Oh, Lord, let me go ahead and get the guys in right quick. Boom, boom, and boom. There we go. What's going on, fellas? Dre AJ is checking in just now, man. Fellas, how y'all doing? It's good, man. Happy to be back. Uh, happy new league year. Well, not officially. Shit, we got two more dates, but we almost in a new league year, man. Some shit to talk about now. Yes, sir. Finally, man. AJ, what's going on with you, player? Cool and cool. I just got a little headache, I think, from playing Madden. <laughs> My was busting your ass, bro? I said AJ getting crushed man, over there. <laughs> I was over there. I was uh, playing in my, what? I think it was divisional round of my franchise league. And I came back thinking I'm about to win and I dropped the pick. I don't know. Hold on, AJ. I'm, I'm time out. I got two questions. Hey, AJ, who are you using and who is your quarterback? I want to see what GMAJ doing. Uh <laughs> I was able I was able to get the Ravens. So quarterback is Lamar. Uh, my Mark Get the Ravens. This sounds like online franchise. Yeah, I'm in an online okay. franchise with like 31 other users. Oh, so, that's lit. I yeah, love them, Jones. So, so I was able to make a move. I acquired. I I did a trade for Dalvin Cook. Traded J.K. Dobbins and Rashad Bateman. But unfortunately, as I was entering the playoffs, Mark Andrews got injured for the rest of the year. So 
I pretty much had no wide receivers just thugging it out. Yeah, that's man. Real life for the Ravens. <laughs> hey, look, that's 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 what's convincing them that Washington needs to sign Lamar, bro. He's been playing, he's been playing with them for like the I know. however many however many games on Madden, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I was doing my thing, but I don't I don't know, bro. Like I don't know if they did a new patch or something, but when you run the ball, especially up the middle, like you fumbling more than ever with your running back, man. This shit is annoying. <laughs> I can't look. It's, it's, I'm too. I'm to... too competitive for, for me to lose because of stupid shit like that. That's that's why my head hurts. You on PlayStation? Yeah, I'm on both though. I'll be on both, but really, uh, yeah. it's PlayStation. I'm gonna say the leagues. The leagues, man. I uh, when you said that, I had flashbacks, bro. I used we. I used to run leagues heavy for like seven, eight years, bro. And third with, with that amount of people, so like hearing that, bro. I just I just know the competition up there. I know it is. Oh yeah, the competition up there. I'm, I ain't gonna brag about myself. I'm one of the the better players, but damn, I I be getting lucky with with shitty teams. Like my other league, I got the Bears. Like I'm, I'm still dogging people, but it's like, dog, can I get like the Chiefs, the Chargers? Because they do the randomizer to pick like who get oh that's first election of the of the team. So it's like, I just been getting shitted on low key. Luckily, I got. Baltimore in this one, I'm like, damn, I missed the Super Bowl by two games because of this crap. <laughs> well, man, um, I wish you best of luck. It's time to get your your GM skills right. You know, you I got your cry. you got your receivers that you got to pick up. You know, what I'm I saying you make sure that old line straight. <laughs> All that AJ uh, Ron Rivera, real real life over that joint, no man. He feel hey, that man, pressure. I, I, I tell you what, as we go through this episode. I'm way better than Ron Rivera and, and playing personnel because I don't know what in the world these boys keep doing every free agency. Oh Lord. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and start off at the top then. Let's go. Let's start with Deron Payne. I was actually when y'all had joined, um, my thing was uh so it was a quote from the pressure. I, I wasn't able to like hear it live. So I'm looking at some of the quotes. And um the team told him up front that they were going to tag him, but wanted to work out a long-term deal. And they got it done relatively quickly. And um, there, there was so much that I wanted to get into with that. But I, I think that there was, I, I think when you think of it from a, a macro standpoint, from my perspective, I don't know about how you all feel. I just think that um, I came into 2022 knowing that I felt Duran left so much on the table. Like he he had the ability, like he had the, the athletic ability to become a dominant player, but he just didn't have like the technique yet or the, the toolbox yet to become an effective pass rusher. Like I always saw pass rushing ability in him, but it just never clicked. And I said that, like I've said it a thousand times, AJ, you told me, uh, like you said, your thoughts was that um, they didn't use him a particular way. So you always thought that he was an effective pass rusher, but they didn't use him a particular way. Um, I saw it a little bit differently, but point being like heading into this season, like, I've always thought, like, generally, like, he just found something that clicked for him. And this was not a year where you sit here and think that um, the the way he was able to be used in the production that he had was all off the, uh, the, the basis of somebody who wants that money. I think he understood what was at stake. But I also think that if you would look at his offseason, you understood what he was doing. You understand the people that he was working with. Um, and then you understand what he's doing right now, even before he signed that deal, fellas, like he was in the lab working like nonstop. And that's just something that he did. And I think whatever it is that that clicked and said that I want to be 
this type of player. I want to be this good at the game of football, um, not even just from a skill-based standpoint, from a mental standpoint. Like, I want to be that good. I think whatever it is uh, that that clicked in them from a mental standpoint, as well as whatever the communication was from the team, I think all of that coincided with a person who Ron Rivera and his staff awarded with the contract and wasted no time telling him, look, we're going to tag you, but we're going to get this deal done. Like you earned every single penny that we're about to pay you. And for them to get it quickly before the market started to get uh, 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 inflated for defensive linemen, like that's a really good deal for Washington. So um, I'm happy that Deron Payne is back, man. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see like the next moves defensively uh, on that defensive line. But before we get to that point, I'll give it to you all on your thoughts on, on Deron Payne. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Deron and the opportunity that he has. You know, uh, also good friends with his agent, Joel Siegel. So uh, I was caught off guard that it even got done yesterday. I wasn't expecting it to happen a day before legal tampering opened. Uh, just because how quickly they were to tag him. Uh, typically, in these situations, you would see probably this play out almost to the summertime. Uh, or maybe a little bit before the draft. So for it to happen in advance, it kind of told me, hey, maybe Washington will be more active in free agency come Monday, or maybe they will have this conversation with Lamar Jackson. Because I still feel like if any team needs a quarterback, you should at least have a conversation with Lamar Jackson to see what it is he truly wants. You may not get it done, but if you don't have a conversation and you need a quarterback, there's an issue there. So that's where I looked at it as, you know, the urgency to get it get it done with Deron sooner than later. And then also you have guys like the Jeffrey Simmons from the Tennessee Titans. That's who it was. And I was Quentin, looking – I was thinking of the name. Jeffrey Simmons, you got a couple other names yeah, coming up you got up Quentin too. Williams, you got Chris Jones who's up for extension. So, yeah, you definitely would like to get that deal done rather sooner than later before – they no, none of those guys necessarily going to reset the market. Maybe Chris Jones might try to eclipse what Aaron Donald's getting paid, but either way, you know, this deal probably lasts for him being the second highest, maybe for the next 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> Cause I expect those other teams to, to try to lock in their guys because they also don't want to be victim of the market getting pushed up. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I always knew that he had past rushing ability. Um, you know, it just so happened to get unlocked even further this year. Um, I think this year they allowed him to go upfield more so than they have in the previous years, um, where he's playing a certain technique. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him. But then when you do these type of deals, you need to make sure that you're utilizing all the talent on your team and, and pushing yourself to the next step. Like before I got on here uh, with you guys, I had um, seen in his presser that Deron Payne did with the media today. He said he opted for a long-term deal with the commanders because we are one piece away from being good. Well, we kind of all know what that damn one piece is. It's a damn quarterback. And they're linebacker. Nah, ain't no ain't no linebacker. <laughs> they could put they could put either one of us at linebacker at this point, and you still need a quarterback. So hopefully they understand that they have a they have a good enough roster to a point where if they had an elite quarterback, it would cover some deficiencies, whether it be offensive line 
or that linebacker and cornerback that, you know, we're hoping that they address, which it doesn't look like they'll be addressing in free agency. Because uh, I've never seen a team want to acquire more white linebackers in my life than the Washington Commanders. <laughs> no, no offense to our Caucasian listeners, but <laughs> well, AJ, uh, they might be letting Cole Holcomb walk, man. I don't know, so you, you, they might be one less. That's what I was guy. looking for. There was an updated. <laughs> I have a list of all the signings, but uh, they signed somebody from Seattle. I guess we'll get to that in a second. Linebacker. You got the floor. Yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, just on Deron Payne, um, we have been talking about like the, you know, to your point, Jamal, we have been talking about Deron Payne potential, potential, potential. That's what we were saying for his first few years in his career. Then last year, it just seemed like he finally turned it all to turned it around altogether. Now, to me, I don't think it's a flash in the plan, pan because Deron has always shown the ability. It was just whether he can consistently do it. And I thought last year, you you saw him take that next level and start to be more consistent, start to get more upfield, start to get more pass rushing ability. So, I mean, he he went out there, he earned his contract, and that's the big part of culture. Now, we may talk about Ron Rivera and what he can't do personnel-wise. But one thing we can say, he is building some semblance of a culture that we hadn't seen here before. We got guys that want to stay here now, and they're rewarding guys that they drafted here. And Deron even said that in his interview. You know, yeah. and it's good to keep that D-line intact. I mean, I have been saying this all along. Like, if you had asked me before the season, you know, do you keep or do you get rid of Deron Payne? I was saying, hey, he's the he's probably the odd man out. I mean, he obviously had that issue with um, John Allen last year. And to me, I was like, well, you want to keep the two edge rushers. But then as the season went, that went on, I started to say it's going to be between Payne and probably Sweat and even Chase Young at that point. And I think the team made a decision when they went out and signed Deron Payne to this extension because now you're looking at, you know, Chase or Montez. Do you keep one or the other? I mean, Right now, I mean, personally, I would always say Montez Sweat because that's the guy I'm going for. But I mean, you know, a lot of the people so think Montez Chase Sweat for what? Because I I want to be oh, clear. You saying Montez, Montez, Sweat, Montez to Sweat let go? The, yeah, he would be the one I would oh. let go. He would be my choice to let go. But you know, just reading some of the tea leaves around the team, some people think that Chase could be the odd man out. But again, I mean, it's a decision they got to make because I don't think they're going to pay all four guys. And it, they made the decision on two of those guys, Allen and Payne. So, like I said, now you're looking at a sweat and Chase Young. Which one of these guys, you know, are you probably going to end up getting some trade value for? But my thing is, you know, going on those two, you have to make that decision soon at some point because you don't want to get to a situation where teams know that you're not going to be able to trade them and then you're not going to be able to get anything for them. But again, I'm happy for Deron Payne. I think he earned this contract and he solidifies the middle of that line. And last year, as we saw, the defensive line wasn't the problem. I mean, it was more so the back seven. So you have to shore up that, um, you know, the back seven as AJ was saying, of course, yes, we need that quarterback. But you have to upgrade, you know, at linebacker. I know they signed a guy from the Seahawks today who they say is pretty good in coverage, but he's not, you know, I don't know if he's a full-time starter. You know, who knows? Maybe he's brought in as a deaf guy. But either way, you're going to have to upgrade someone in that linebacker room. And as we've been talking about all offseason, you're going to have to go and get a cornerback because that defensive line is straight. And that's, you know, first and foremost, if you want to start winning games on defense, you have to keep that defensive line straight. And that's the strength of this defense. And I'm happy they uh, kept Deron Payne because him and Allen, I think, work exceptionally well together. So here's my thing. Um, Chris Russell actually said it. Let me see if I can um, pull up the tweet. I know I didn't talk too much on Twitter, so it shouldn't take too long. Uh, where did – yeah. So he said something that I actually I, that I agree with, um, except for his last sentence. He said um, a few hours or uh, earlier this morning, the Deron Payne deal directly impacts how the commanders approach Montez Sweat and then Cam Curl's long-term future in Washington – not Chase Young. 
Um, they have a significant decision to make before May 1st on Chase Young's fifth-year option for 2024. He says it's not a hard one. They shouldn't exercise it. The only thing that I disagree with him, and I, and I told him this, was the last the last sentence. They shouldn't exercise it. I think my thing is because what what caught me off guard with you when you said what you said, Dre, was that you said some people uh, close to the commanders kind of kind of feel similar in their approach to Chase Young. Um, I know you didn't say that verbatim, but more so like uh, there this is actual real discussion, and I understand that and I respect that. But my thing is. Like when you look at a person like Chase Young compared to Montez Sweat, knowing what this deal does, like Deron Payne's deal definitely limits what you can do on a defensive line. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, you can you can surely keep every single person on that defensive line. You're just going to be losing people elsewhere. Um, so realistically, that's not going to be feasible for Washington. But if you look at somebody who has the more athletic gifts, the more athletic talent um, and, and the biggest potential, Regardless of what his last two years were, knowing that he's missed time in twenty in his second year due to a to injury, um, and missed what six games then, as well as like twelve games in twenty twenty two, recovering from that same injury, like you understand what's at stake when you exercise their fifth year option because he's only played one full season to this point, really, and in that first season, his rookie season, he missed time as well. Uh, he had an injury, but my thing is. When you look at Chase Young, like at the end of the day, it's your number two overall pick. Optics matter, right? He's not a person who was the back end of the draft or even the middle middle uh, uh, pick of the, of the first round like Daniel Jones, who didn't have his fifth-year option exercise. You know what uh, 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 Chase Young brings to your defense if he's at full health and if he's at his best. And, and I think you don't bet against that by not giving him that fifth-year option you give him that fifth year option in, in, in hopes of trying to and in, in trying to see if he can find it the same way that Deron Payne found it um, and, and understands what's at stake for him. And, and I think you do that with your fifth year option. But at the same time, you also show faith in uh, your player. You also show faith in your draft process by giving him that fifth year option and not necessarily saying not necessarily pitting Montez Sweat and Chase Young against each other. But making the business deal and, and, and having the foresight of saying, eventually, we're going to have to move on from somebody. We need to do it now while they still have uh, their maximum value. And I think Montez Sweat did a lot for the commanders in 2022 where you can consider maybe this is a draft day trade. Uh, maybe this is like we get presented an offer that we can't refuse. But you have to keep an open ear with all things Montez Sweat this offseason not saying you have to get something done, but keep an open ear because if you can maximize uh, the assets that you can get from trading away Montez Sweat, you go all in and you don't look back. And so, and to my point on Chase Young, because like I said, I agree 100% that Montez will be the odd man out for me. But the waffling they did when they were asked about the fifth year extension on Chase Young or the fifth year option on Chase Young, to me, it wasn't a vote of confidence. And it's some of the things you've been kind of hearing that, you know, maybe they are a little bit more concerned that he's not going to reach the potential of the number two pick that they drafted him at. But I'm with you 100 percent, Jamal, and that you have to give him that opportunity because optics do matter. He was the number two pick. He was supposed to be the face of the franchise when they drafted him when they came in. And again, we've only really seen one year of production out of Chase Young. But I believe in you have to give him that chance. And I would I would pick up that fifth option. I would just take that gamble on him because you already 
already gambled on him with the number two pick. So I would take that gamble and put the faith in him and, and hope that he shows me or breaks out like Deron Payne did because he obviously does still have the tools and the potential to do so. So, again, Montez will be my odd man out. AJ, you got any thoughts on Chase Young um, and, and Montez Sweat and that, that defensive line, generally speaking? Um, matter of fact, one thing, one quick thing. Where is the – Marcus brought up a good point. Um, I think the commanders with Allen Payne, Mathis, and Ridgeway are arguably one of the deepest defensive tackles in the group. Um, and Marcus, I agree with you. And I also want to add something that I'm going to stand 10 toes on, just regardless of what anybody else is saying. Um, Mathis was Mathis is not the same player as Deron Payne. Um, he never was, and I think anybody should know that coming out of the draft, or if you just watched them and you took your time out to watch them after Washington drafted him uh, in 2022, they're not the same player. And, and I think for Washington and uh, in, in the fan base and, and even people just covering the team, um, yes, they drafted a defensive lineman, and, and yes, they needed some type of depth out there. But to assume that he was – I just think it's wrong to assume that and, and conclude that Mathis with Deron Payne's replacement. I think that it's just uh, – they needed somebody who could play that one tech that knows consistently the same way that Ridgeway was playing. And, and it kind of shows you that Ridgeway was not the same player as Deron Payne. He actually helped out Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen so much with the role that he was playing. And I think that's kind of the the, the kind of difference that, that people need to understand. And when I look at these guys, like this is kind of what makes a depth in a really good defensive line is having so many different positions, but having all of those starters, like be very good at what they do. Um, Allen and Payne are going to eat, but you got Mathis and Ridgeway that's going to wreak havoc in the interior uh, with the center and guards. Like they're going to wreak havoc. And I think that's the most important thing when you look at these guys. I mean, obviously all of them are really good, but you got to understand, like, I, I think, and I stand by this, like, it's just, they're not the same people. So, when people kind of think about what Mathis was to Washington when they drafted him, I, I, I think it's a little misguided in that in that standpoint. And, and, and people are kind of saying they drafted him and now they end up extending pain. So their offseason makes no sense or their decision to draft Mathis makes no sense. I still think it makes complete sense that we're never the same player. Um, and I think we'll kind of understand that when Mathis gets more time on the field this this upcoming season, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Chase and and Montez, you know, both of it, it's interesting. Both of them are represented by the same agency. They're both represented by the same agent in Clutch Sports. Um, I think you essentially, like I told you guys privately in the chat, you want Montez to ball out. You want him to have an amazing season and possibly from there tag him and trade him, you know? Um, with Chase, I would definitely take a risk on the option. I mean, he missed pretty much all of last year. It doesn't hurt to pick up the option. Like, why? That's the whole point of the the fifth-year option for first-round picks is to have teams being able to leverage that instead of having to pay out a max type of contract. So why wouldn't you take that risk? I mean – more than likely Chase would be under a new regime next year anyway. So um, you just never know how different defensive coordinators will be able to unleash that type of talent on on the end uh, with either a Montez Sweater or Chase Young. I just feel like 
overall, man, for Washington, the main priority is solving this quarterback situation and, and getting the best play out of that. Because, yes, you won't be able to keep everybody, but the longer that you go without fixing this quarterback situation, yeah, you're going to be able to pay all those defensive players because you ain't paying no quarterback. And eventually you want to be able to have that opportunity to have those conversations. Should we pay this quarterback or not? Should we pay them the 50 million plus? Should we give them a Jalen Hurts type of deal or Kyler Murray, whatever? Um, I think I'm not really too concerned with how that plays out. I, Cause I really don't understand Ron Rivera and company's intentions with anything. Um, last year they should have got Deron Payne done. Because uh, the potential was always there for him to get <laughs> to get this type of pay um, out of this franchise, and you knew he was going to be productive. He has not had a unproductive season in the NFL. Um, so I mean, for me, I'm not really too concerned about Sweat and, and Young at this moment. Uh, as a fan, maybe it's my personal uh, agenda. I, I just want them to solve this damn quarterback situation. And if a Lamar Jackson is out there, I don't care who's playing defensive end. It could be a one-armed bandit. Just just get me a damn quarterback so I don't have to keep hearing about it. And you can you can kind of get – you can get good production out of second-tier DNs. Honestly, when you have that type of D tackles and Allen and Payne, you necessarily don't need elite pass rushers on the end. You just need a good quarterback so you can win some damn games. Like that's so, it. AJ, is it is it Lamar Jackson a bust for you at quarterback? Like no other option, only Lamar. Yeah, this offseason, yeah, it's, it's only Lamar. Like, but I feel um, like you setting yourself up with that, bro. Because you yeah, know it's, why, it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I know. While while we're doing the show, actually, John Kahn of the Washington Post, ESPN, well, ESPN. I don't know if he works at Washington Post still. He just tweeted me and said, "Hi, I gotta give it to you. I gotta give it up, my man. He's not coming. Nothing has changed since last week when there was no chance of him coming. But I admire your persistence. Ha ha ha." <laughs> so he literally just tweeted me this like a couple minutes ago. But yeah, I'm persistent on the idea because I just feel like I can't take this organization serious, and I can't take Ron Rivera serious. Let me take a look at this. If they're not. If they're not going to have a conversation with Lamar Jackson, I can't take I can't take you serious. Everybody on that actual team knows that they're a quarterback away from being highly competitive, even with the lackluster uh, coaching it uh, with Scott Turner as OC in the past, and even Ron Rivera with his poor management skills. Like you still know that you're a quarterback away from being competitive within the NFC, like. And, and you're gonna sit here and, and tout out Sam Howe? Like, come on, bro. So here, here's my here's my thing. I, I think truthfully, so it's I get you. I let me put it this way. I got We gotta kind of separate everything. I get your argument for Lamar, right? I think there's a there's so many different avenues and nuances, nuance parts of this conversation. Like, I get your argument for Lamar. But I also think that your argument for Lamar is commendable and is very strong, but it's missing the element of what's going on with the team. And even with you factoring that in and you still wanting Lamar, because I know like it is your job, AJ, and, and just part of your responsibility to fit, to factor all that in, I still think you got to understand that 
these guys are not in position to take on Lamar right now. And and with all that being said, with those two angles, you look at what they're doing right now to uphold that offense. They needed immediate help on that offensive line. They got uh uh where's that? They they do that They got they got Nick Gates and Andrew Wiley. Mo, and they it, did not get immediate help today. You you gotta under you gotta understand what I'm saying. You gotta understand what I'm saying. They got Nick Gates and Andrew Wiley. Those are two guys who are placeholders for that offensive line, despite what they may do in the draft, because we don't know. But we know very much when you sign people on those day one deals, those two, those day two deals, the first week of free agency, when you sign those guys, those are the guys that you're going for that you got uh, an idea that you want them to play significant time. And, and that's what Nick Gates and Andrew Wiley is going to do for Washington. So when I say placeholder, everybody knows or should assume what a placeholder is for Washington or any NFL team. It's we're just trying to survive, but they're good enough to get the job done. That's exactly what Charles Leno was when they signed him in, what was it, 2020 or 2021? One of those, whatever year that they signed him uh, before he got to his, his extension. Like, that's literally what Charles Leno was. We had, like, you just lost, you just lost Trent Williams. <laughs> and you picked up, you picked up Charles Leno hoping that he can, he can sustain. And I think Andrew Wiley is not ter- he's not a terrible player, and, and I don't think Nick Gates is a terrible player. I'm put a placeholder out here right now, let y'all know I will be looking at the tape. So please, if I change my mind, understand that I may change my mind. Need that film review, Mo. <laughs> nah, yeah, so, so all I'm all I'm saying is that, that all I'm saying energy. is AJ, and I'm gonna give you the floor. Keep that I mean, same energy. He's ass. Yeah, nah, I don't, I don't I don't believe I don't believe that. But but what I will say, but what I will say is all I'm gonna say is with their process right now going uh aggressive and matter of fact that's another thing aj you asked for aggressiveness in our chat we got it we got a little chat going on you said you need them to be aggressive that's exactly what they did going after two offensive linemen on day one of the the legal tampering period and i think that's important for everybody to understand like they're not playing with the offensive line these aren't some 34 year old trey turners or or andrew Andrew norwell norwell like that's not them somebody's just coming off a super bowl victory um, like, and I think all of that stuff is important when you factor in everything that they're doing on the offensive line. And it's not even at we're not even in April yet for the draft. So that's that's kind of where I'm saying, like, when you want them to think about quarterback, what they're doing right now is just as important as getting the quarterback position with the situation that they're in. And, Bro, and can I can I just chime in real quick on this? And this is something that actually, to be honest, they're having an ideal offseason already for me. I mean, for one, like Maul said, they went out and they were aggressive on legal tampering day. We're not even used to the Ron staff doing this. Like, they usually wait for day five of official free agent signings to make any kind of moves. Like, they're on tier three, tier four. Now, that's not to say I think that any of the guys they signed today are going to make any kind of impact. But they were kind of low-cost signings, but they were also addressing significant needs on this team. And I've already – I'm on record saying this, that – I really don't want this regime making any big major moves that's going to affect the future because I don't think this regime's going to be here much longer. So, you know, and, and but if they're going to make moves, I want them to make moves that are not sexy right now, but they're going to build the foundation of this team, like the death on the line on both sides. I mean, you got the Ron Payne back, then you signed the two offensive line guys today. Now, whatever happens with Ron, maybe they improve this year. I don't know. But the most likely scenario is that Ron and his staff is out of here after next year. 
So that if that is the case, and AJ, I know you believe that to be true. If that's the case, the next regime and staff that's coming in here, they're going to probably have a good foundation to just go out and do what they want to do and go just pretty much focus on the most important thing on this team, and that's to go get a quarterback. Now, that's assuming that Sam Howe doesn't turn out to be shit or anything, but <laughs> they're not messing up the future for anything behind them, but they're also still keeping themselves in conversation of being competitive and possibly being a playoff contender. I mean – if you look at today, right, I don't I don't necessarily call this being aggressive because I don't even know if the two guys that they did, you know, legally or legal tamper or agreed to deals with come Wednesday if they'll officially sign, if these guys are even starters. Like I'm I'm reading that Wiley may not even start at right tackle. He might be the right guard. Like the, the we, Nick, we should assume the, that because he the, can play. He's starting somewhere. The Nick, the Nick Gates might be the starting center. Might not be. Might just be a rotational guy. Like, bruh, I don't, I don't, I need bona fide starters. Like, but I don't, but know. we know those are reports from people who just don't know. Like, we know nah, that this is this is coming from like the beat reporters. I ain't. That's I ain't what I'm saying. About- they don't fucking. They don't know. Like, no disrespect, because we, you know, we got them on our show, but they don't fucking know. They don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, nobody even. Okay, nobody so, can tell us what Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Cosme is doing right now. So nobody so, knows. So let's say. So let's say. Let's say Wiley is signed to play right tackle. Is he any better than Sam Cosme at right tackle? Uh, I can't say right now. So I don't you can make. I don't. I mean, I don't just know. just from watching enough Kansas City Chiefs games, there's nothing impressive about him there. Like, but if he's better than what you have at right guard, that's that's an upgrade, right? Because we we you, definitely you, need to upgrade you, a right guard. You pretty much had nothing there, so anything would be better. <laughs> so, so so it's like so they address and then and then at center, you essentially had nothing there either. So anything would be better. I just feel like, for my personal being, if you're gonna go and and sign a guy like a Deron Payne. After you just gave Jonathan Allen the bag a couple years ago, Terry McLaurin, you're retaining this talent. Like, be aggressive in some nature and actually trying to improve this team with above average talent. Don't don't sit here and, and sell me on mid, bro. And then I'm also getting mid from quarterback. And you got you got beat reporters like John Kime. You got other media pundits telling me that you're not even interested in a conversation with Lamar Jackson. It's like, are, what are you doing here? Like, what, what, are, what are you trying to solve here? Like, what, what is the goal here? You went aggressively after a quarterback last year, and you couldn't get Russell Wilson. You couldn't get the Derek Carrs. You couldn't get the Matthew Staffords the year before. You acquired Carson Wentz and traded. You almost gave up your second-round pick. Luckily, he got hurt in the, in the midst of that. If he didn't get hurt, they would have lost a second and a third. And now one of the top five quarterbacks in the league at 26 years old, you're not even going to have a conversation because this don't really boil down to ownership anymore for me. Like, oh, fuck. this yeah. is more so this is more so just negligence. Like, <laughs> it just it, it, makes it, no it sense. Because from some of the even though they're small minor moves, I feel like some of these moves, well, the Chiefs moves in particular, they have had some influence from Eric Bieniemy. So I feel like they, they now, respect Eric Bieniemy's opinion. And I think that I, would apply to quarterback as well. What I was going to add is with Al too. Telling them niggas, my bad for saying the N-word, but telling them 
there's no way in hell that we can go out here and not have a conversation with Lamar Jackson. So, Dre, what you mentioned, you said uh, the enemy. This is what Al2 mentioned. Uh, for those listening to the podcast, Al2 said, Ron let Trent Sheriff and Moses leave and brought in Leno, Wiley, and Lucas. Ron isn't serious about the line. He can't be. Um, I wanted to be clear because this is a whole different situation now. And, Dre, you brought it up, and that's what I, that's what I left this comment up here for. The enemy is probably in complete control of this offense at this point. Like, who he wants, who he needs, uh, what he wants, what, like, what he's thinking about. So, like, I think from us, uh, people, like an outsider's perspective, I think we need to kind of open up the idea in that uh, the offensive side of the football, there is much more influence from the coordinator now than it is Ron Rivera bringing in somebody because uh, Eric Bieniemy has an idea of who he wants on his roster, who he wants on his offense. And, and I think that's important, too, when you think about a Wiley. So if you have an idea of who Bieniemy is or if you have a – uh, if you favor the enemy, you also have to understand that he sees something in these guys. Um, and I'm not, this isn't just about Wiley. This is, this is about uh, uh, Gates as well. Um, and, and whoever else they bring in, I'm just saying you, they, he, he has much more faith in these guys who can help transition this team and understands what he wants offensively uh, much more than what we can understand as well. And to be honest with you, I'm gonna be honest with everybody in this chat right now. Uh, and this is this is also like a knock to me. I just think that sometimes, uh, from a fan perspective, when you hear bad, you kind of dwell in it and you 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 build it up to something that is probably not. I don't think I don't think that Wiley is as bad as anybody is saying. I'm not saying that he's a good player, but I I, I never I never lean into somebody's too very good or very bad. I think that it's always something in the middle, and I don't think Wiley is a bad player. And I'm gonna figure it out myself, but I I don't think Wiley's a bad player. I think that there's some merit to him, especially like how do you start on a Super Bowl team, and you start at two different positions in your career at, at Kansas City, um, and you you play you start in so many games over the course of five years, and all of a sudden you're bad. Like that doesn't work. Tyler Columbus and- didn't last. Tyler Columbus, who was the swinging gate, he didn't last more than one a season or two seasons. How, how many seasons did he last, Dre? You know, you you the historian here. You know better than me. He lasted what, about three years. Columbus lasted here for some years, and then he went to the Atlanta Falcons after us, and he played for some years. So I mean, we weren't the only team to value oh, Tyler Lord, Columbus. This ain't, contrib- this ain't working. My argument ain't working. <laughs> but oh, not at all. <laughs> but we gonna, we gonna let you cook. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, ignore everything that Dre just said, and believe me. <laughs> but no, I mean, Samal's point. You, you, you're right though. Like, I mean, some of these guys, like I said, you just don't know. Because, I mean, Mitchell Swartz, um, I think he – I'm pretty sure he's on Kansas City's offensive line. He played the interior line for Kansas City. He came out unsolicitedly saying that the most underrated player amongst that group of offensive linemen for the Chiefs was the guy that we just signed today, Wiley. And he was saying because he understands Wiley's assignments, he understands what what's asked of Wiley, and that he knows that not everything that a fan pins on Wiley is on Wiley. Like, and, and that's kind of high praise coming from someone who plays on that line because no one asked him. This He didn't say this today after we signed him. He said this back in January, just in a, a, you know, a random Twitter conversation, that he thought Wiley was the most underrated offensive of lineman on the Chiefs offensive of line because a lot of Chiefs picked on Wiley. A lot of Chiefs fans picked on Wiley when they were watching their little All-22 film reviews or whatever the case may be, like we do with the Commanders players. Now, you know, but 
Mitchell Schwartz believes that a lot of the that a lot of the hate against him was misguided because he understood his assignments. No, nope, like like I said, now maybe he was been a nice guy. I don't know if he's friends with him off the field, but he unsolicitedly mentioned Wiley in that context that he was the most underrated offensive lineman on the Chiefs line. So who really knows? But again, Maul, I mean, I don't know because I don't study the film. I think Maul, you are a film guy. I defer to your opinion on a lot of that stuff, but. We don't know as fans, you know, really what a lot of these guys are being asked of. And we just see something happen and we just go, oh, it's that guy. We do that a lot. You, you'll see the casual fan when they're watching a wide receiver go against the cornerback or whatever the case may be. They could be playing zone coverage on a defense. But if a, if a fan sees that the last line of defense was that guy that's chasing him, they're going to blame that guy that's chasing him. So you, you just don't game, know if that's bro, the case. so much shit, bro. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. Like, I don't think he's a great player, but like, bro, some of the stuff that they just... go ahead, continue. I'm, I was done making my point, but my point was, I agree with you, Maude. And a lot of those times we just don't know. And Wiley could be a pretty decent player and he could be everything the fans say, but Hey, we'll find that out when it happens. But again, they added bodies and you take swings at those positions of need. And we've needed that. We've needed we've needed that help against the offensive line. Ron came in and they screwed it up last year. I thought we had a pretty good thing going, but they came in and they screwed it up last year. And then they're attempting to fix it, but at least they're trying to attempt to swing early. But none of these moves signal to me that they're done addressing the offensive line. Like these guys aren't bona fide starters. They can still go out in the draft and get a guy. Maybe. To uh, my guy Hawk's point, I'm looking at Hawk in the chat. Maybe Orlando Brown is still an option out there. I doubt it. You know, I wouldn't get my hopes up too high for that. But, again, we just don't know. I don't think they're done swinging at that position. They need to keep swinging at it. Yeah. Um. So, overall, they've had several significant moves. Uh, let me go ahead and see what I can do. Let me share the screen. Boom. There we go. So, for everybody that's watching, you have the list here. Um, minus uh, what's the Seahawks guy um that they signed? Um, good lord. Um, come on, how do I even Google this? I don't even I don't know his name. Seahawks linebacker. Let's see if I if I hit Cody Barton. Boom, there we go. All right, cool. It popped up. So this list is minus Cody Barton, given that this was tweeted at three o'clock, three p.m. Eastern. Um, but for those who are listening to the podcast, I'll go through the list for everybody who has uh, been in transactions with the commanders, the easier ones that are released, Bobby McCain, Carson Wentz. Um, and then you have a whole list of individuals who have signed or agreed to deals. And that's Deron Payne, uh, four years, 90 million deal uh, with 60 million guaranteed. Nick Gates from the New York Giants, offensive lineman, three years, 18 million, eight guaranteed. Uh, another a side note. Um, Dre, AJ, um, and AJ probably knows better than all of us, but eight million guaranteed on an eight million, eighteen million dollar deal mm-hmm. kind of uh, signifies that he's probably playing somewhere. Like that's 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 some that's some decent type of money uh, hey, for Dre. a guarantee. He gonna he gonna play somewhere. We just don't know where though. Yeah, just well, that's the centers, be one of them. So um, Andrew Wiley, offensive lineman, three years, twenty four million from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they re-signed Danny Johnson, uh, re-signed Dan- uh, David Mayo, re-signed Khalid Hudson. Um, Nathan Gary, uh, one year deal, Milo Eifert, Rashad Wildgoose, Jonathan Williams, Marcus Kemp came from the Kansas City Chiefs with Eric Miami along with uh Wiley. Um, and then they signed some more of their own in uh Abke, Bradley King, Erickson. Uh, I think Marcus Fields is a uh, Seattle, 
I, I can't remember, or I don't remember who Marcus Fields came from, but I know he won. I don't think he's Washington. Um, and then Jake Fromm uh, and some others. Alex Arma is another name that we're kind of familiar with at this point. So those are the Washington signings. Um, moving forward, uh, fellas, and we can kind of end the conversation kind of here uh, with Washington. Uh the, the priority in, in free agency, um, like Montel, put it this way, Montel, uh, for those who know him uh, by Jeff Gordon, I guess, I don't know if you all follow him on Twitter or not, but he, he's on the show no, uh, from time to time. We don't, we don't know. We don't know that guy. We don't acknowledge him. That dude back on the show, Montel, that's my boy. Yeah, man. <laughs> he, he hit me up he today, bruh. He said, um, what did he say? He said, uh, Damn, that just blew me. I literally just drew a blank, but I can get to the conversation. So he had mentioned. That's why you you forgot. You said what? I said he doesn't go here. That's why you forgot. <laughs> hey, but listen. So so he mentioned um just just generally speaking, like when you think about kind of like the off season altogether. He said that if we get a cornerback. Um, in the draft, he mentioned this player, I think from Mississippi State. I, I, I don't remember exactly. I got to play his voicemail again. Um, but he, he felt like we were straight. And and I think um, if there was one thing that he said that was kind of off in, in, the, in the voice message that he sent me, it was that we were straight if we just drafted the cornerback. We don't have any linebackers. Like, we got Jamie Davis. And Jamie Davis, for all of the narratives that he said, um, like that he's been playing good and I, I believe it. And, and um, I want to rewatch his tape I, I, to, to kind of like solidify where my thoughts are. Um, but at the end of the day, like when you only have Jamie Davis, who's going into his third year after a shake, uh, a terrible first year and in a kind of uh, interesting second year, like you don't know if you want to believe in it or not type of type of situation. Um you don't have anybody beside him. I knew for a minute, like, or I understand for a minute that there were people interested in Tremaine Edwards. I mean, Edwards, he went to Chicago. Um, side note, Chicago is having, having an offseason so far. Um, but, like, I, I just don't know what they're going to do at linebacker yet. Um, Cole Holcomb kind of indicated, excuse me, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Cody Barton kind of indicated that they're going to move on from Cole. Um, but I don't think that a one-year deal kind of tells me that he's going to be here starting long-term. Like, I think he'll be competing for something. So I don't think that they're done at that linebacker spot. Uh, so, so fellas, like, when you look at offseason and we look at free agency upcoming, what are some of your uh, significant positions that they kind of need to address in free agency? We'll kind of get to draft at this point, but free agency, like, where do you think that they can kind of benefit from uh, making moves and stuff like that? I mean, and definitely linebacker is somewhere I would would have loved or still would like to address in free agency because I kind of view linebacker in the same sense as I view a running back, and that's not a position that I want to, you know, kind of 
indulge in the high draft because high draft picks are the high value for that position. I mean, we just seen it a couple of years ago when we drafted Jamin Davis. I mean, it just kind of shifting away from that. Like the game is not geared towards, you know, heavy linebacker play. A lot of guys aren't playing three linebackers at a time like they used to in the 90s and the 2000s. Like you're playing like two linebackers in the field and a lot of coverage guys. That's what you're playing these days in the NFL. So that's not a position that I'm looking for so much early in the draft. So I'm hoping that they can address that at free agency. I mean, because especially we need you need a guy that can cover. You need a guy that you know can cover and you need a veteran, you know, presence there. Now, they've been trying that with John Bostic for the last couple of years, but John Bostic just can't play anymore. He can't move anymore. He's not that guy anymore. So they need to get someone that they can identify someone. And I don't know if Cody Barton is that guy. I haven't watched a lot of him, but from what I've heard, he can cover. But some of the Seahawks fans say he is slow. But they, they need more than that. They need to address that more so in free agency with the linebacker position. Like, that's what I'm looking for. And then there's another thing, too. I mean, a lot of fans are still talking about the running back position. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of fans that are kind of like egging or asking for the John Robinson, the running back from Texas, and they think he's like the next Saquon Barkley. But I've been seeing a lot of smoke today. Now, I don't know if this is, you know, something that's going to be imminent to happen, but we're kind of linked to Austin Neckler, you know, the running back, the dynamic running back from the uh, legit ESPN dude. I don't I don't know him. I don't know. But I mean, I, I saw it from a couple of different sites. I don't know, you know, if there's anything there. I haven't seen anyone else report it. But if you ask me. I would rather sp- – I don't know how much Austin Neckler was worth, but, I mean, I'm sure running back salaries aren't that big these days. But I would rather pay a running back a free agency if that's the route you're going to go than spend a high-value first-round pick on that guy. Because if you give a running back a nice little contract, you're probably locked in on, locked in on him for about three or so years. And that's about the biggest expectation or the biggest production you can expect out of a running back is about three or so years. and that I would rather do versus draft a guy and miss out on a guy that could probably give me 10 years or five to 10 years of production in the first round. I mean, that's kind of what you look for in first round picks. You look for about five to 10 years of production out of a guy. I mean, obviously that doesn't always happen because you have bust, but I would rather spend money in free agency uh, on a running back that you identify. You think this guy is good versus actually going out and drafting a high first round pick. Now, obviously, my biggest preference would be to draft those guys in the third, fourth round, you know, but Eckler, you know, I would not mind adding that kind of talent to this, you know, to this team. So that's a guy I wouldn't mind them, you know, kind of, you know, taking a little swing at the free agency outside of the linebacker position, because it sounds like they do want to kind of upgrade their running back position. I don't think that's necessarily a knock on Brian Robinson. I just think they want to get more dynamic there. And it just never really happened with AG. And I think AG is a free agent after this year. So, I mean, that's a couple of the things I'm looking at, you know, kind of attacking in free agency versus actually going into the draft. Like I may be looking at maybe making that little splash at running back. But again, Ma, I really want that linebacker. I want that. I want that group solidified. I want to add a little bit more oomph there at the linebacker position. Hey, I'm here for Kareem Hunt, bro, at running back. He used to play with he used to play with B enemy too before you know he got himself in a little trouble, bro. Um but yeah I'm here for Kareem but do Hunt. running backs like him there because I mean hey uh your boy uh Shady McCoy played there couldn't stand him <laughs> bro that was so weird that was that was so that was shady Jones was so weird, bro. Like, but it was like when you think about it, like the dude came in for one season, had no idea who the enemy is as a coach. Um, got yelled at, uh, held resentment clearly to the point where, like, 
it was so evident like people had to come out and speak against shady like and just say f what you talking about the enemy is that guy like it's weird bro let me get let me let me get a little let me get a little dab of uh where he at uh kareem let me get a little dab of kareem bro on on the washington commanders roster bro I'm cool. Like I'm, I, I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of, um, 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 McKissick, but at the same time, you get Hunt, um, Robinson and Gibson in the backfield, bruh, or or in your your running back group. I don't think, oh, I, I think that's probably one of the best running back groups that you can have in the NFL, bruh, for real. You really can. Um, but one thing for me before I hand it over to AJ. It's quarterback. Uh, while AJ is over here, like making the argument for Lamar Jackson, which I, I respect and commend. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, like from a competition standpoint. Uh, they have been adamant that uh, not Lamar, Sam Howell is going to be given an opportunity to start. Um, and I understand since I've mentioned the name. Now, granted, I want everybody to understand. I mentioned Jameis Winston on Twitter, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's my number one guy. I think he's in the mix. And who I think he's in the mix with is Jacoby Brissett, uh, Mariota, Taylor Heineke, Andy Dalton. Um, and I maybe I, that might be it. Maybe Mason Rudolph, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be a fit in anything Washington. Um, but in terms of a competition standpoint, that's kind of what you want is like those veteran guys, that veteran mode and, um, Brissett, the way things are sounding with his market fellas, like Brissett may actually get more money than we anticipated and, and more opportunity to start than we anticipated. And like Brissett may be a guy who wants to go to like, who is it? Mike, um, Mike White went to, to Miami and got paid good money. Eight, eight, uh, eight, AAV, eight million a year, AAV. Brissett may want to go to Arizona for that same reason. Like you want to get endless playing time with Kyler Murray tearing his ACL. He may not be ready yet for the start of the season. Brissett may want to think about going to uh, uh, Arizona. Um, and then for that, you have Washington uh, looking at maybe Taylor Heineke and Andy Dalton, um, with, especially with Baker. Now that I think about it, Baker's thinking about – they're saying he he's connected to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um. So, yeah, I think the competition probably relies in, in Andy and Taylor as far as we know, and, and maybe Mariotti, Mariota, but I, I put him, like, third on that list. Um, I would love to see what Jameis Winston ultimately does. It would make sense if he stays in New Orleans um, as a backup, but at the same time, if he does get released, like, that's somebody that you probably want to look at. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, really in free agency at this point, the way I'm, I'm already seeing them spend mid, spend money on mid, I would want them to try to acquire Darren Waller, uh, the tight end from the Raiders. Uh, yeah, he's not a free agent, but I would love for them to acquire some explosiveness at tight end. Uh, I think you need to figure out that position. It would bring a, a great security blanket for Sam Howell if he is going to be the quarterback. Um, you just need a dynamic tight end to go along with the mix of that running game and your pass catchers in Terry, Jahan, and Curtis. Um, that's what I would like to see. I don't know if this might happen. I think it, it it may happen down the line, a conversation at least. I would also like to see them bring in McCole Harmon as a wide receiver to this group. Um, 
I can't really depend on Diami Brown uh, to be a contributor. Um, yeah, I just don't – I don't like the way he runs routes. Hands are, are poor. Uh, at least with McCall Hartman, I can also utilize him on special teams as well. Uh, and he can also help out the rest of the guys learning this system and, and getting acclimated with that. Um, I think you could get him on a, a second-tier type of deals coming off of surgery. Uh, the wide receiver market is not going to be active. I don't even think a wide receiver has agreed to any terms yet today of all the position groups. Um, yeah, but I think ideally for me, I want to see them go and acquire a Darren Waller at tight end. Um, when, and now when you talk about the back of quarterback stuff, they definitely cannot bring back Taylor Heineke, especially if Sam Howell's going to be the better. I don't think they should either. Because it's just, it's, just, it's just a bad mix. And I don't think Taylor wants to be here. Yeah, it's a distraction. Um, but it's, it's probably kind of scary for Rondam to even bring in an adequate enough backup or who you think would be a backup. Because if you bring in um, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston – into the mix of this franchise, they're going to start. They're going to beat out Sam Howe if there's a real competition. Well, isn't that the goal anyway? They're supposed to be bringing in someone to Man, you know him. damn well he they is... don't want to have no competition for real. <laughs> I think they might want to have a com- uh, competition. Shit, they didn't even want to start the guy at the end of the season. So they can't be super confident well, or 100% why, confident why... in him going into the year. That's why I'm like, I don't understand the debunking of the Lamar Jackson thing. If you ain't even want to start him the last game of the year, how am I now supposed to believe you want to start him for the whole 2023 season? Like, come on, bro. Like well, Lamar is jumping the to the opposite end of the spectrum because obviously <laughs> you have to pay him a big contract Man, and give up resources it's, to get him. It's worth it when you've been struggling to find a franchise quarterback since Joe Theismann, dog. Like, they have not had a solid starter for five years straight. Like, we're talking about 26-year-old. I, I hate that I keep having to harp on this, but overall, as just growing up a fan of this team, I'm so tired of having to play the guessing game with quarterback. And I don't expect this team to be porous next year to be in, in the conversation to go get a Caleb Williams or Drake May. So it's like, where do you find the resolution at quarterback? If you don't go get one now, who who's the answer? Because next year, next year is going to look crazy. Like, ain't going to be no quarterbacks on the free agency market. And it's you're not going to have, you're not gonna have the option at quarterback if you, like, look, this year you ended up with the 16th pick overall. Like, you're probably going to be about the same again or maybe one win more. You're not going to be able to have that that QB talk about uh, a Spencer Rattler, uh, Drake May, Caleb Williams, and all these different guys that might be, you know, the the talk of the town QB wise next year. Like, you're gonna have to move so many assets to move up, and most teams are not gonna do that because they're gonna need a quarterback just as bad. So it's like, where do you fix it? That I, I'm looking beyond just even this year. Like, I don't think Sam Howell's gonna be much. But hey, that's that's who they want to rock with. I'm just. But that's good I'm though that you're not looking at further than this year, because like that's that's kind of that's kind of beneficial to to everything in the grand scheme of things. If you're not looking past this year, then that kind of shows the the idea or the possibility that this is just a, a situation that they're trying to survive versus 
they're trying to do long-term fix. Now they can present an argument, meaning um, the current regime to whichever new ownership, whenever new ownership takes over that. Yeah. Like everything that we got right now um, is working in the right steps for us. And this is why this is working in the right steps for us. Uh, it's up to owner to buy it, but like, Everything that they're doing is going to lead up to a point where, like, if Sam doesn't work out, they'll say we just need a quarterback. Or if Sam does work out, they're saying we got something that we're working with, we're building here. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of what I think uh, Rivera is kind of seeing. This is like we're going to continue doing things our way uh, from a team building standpoint, uh, and then let the chips fall where they may. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's a right or wrong approach, but I I think that. Uh, when it comes to this understanding their situation, uh, they may not be in the best position to go for like the gusto at that position unless they decide to draft. Um, and if they draft first round, then maybe we're talking about a, a better situation at quarterback um, than Sam Howell. Uh, but it, that's just kind of it, it just complicates things at this point. Um, it's kind of where I'm at. But see, too, you know, um, we just watched the Bears trade with the Carolina Panthers. You know, they went all the way up to number one. And personally, I wasn't a big fan of the move because I'm just not a fan of the quarterback class in this year's draft. But, I mean, let's just go out and you say next year, 2024, Caleb Williams is the top prospect in the draft. Whoever gets number one is not trading out of that spot with Caleb, you know, because they're going to probably want Caleb Williams. But. I think next year's class is a very strong outside of Caleb Williams. So, you know, if you don't, if you're not in a position to trade up for Caleb Williams, Washington can position themselves this offseason to build a roster, regardless of who's the coach next year, to go out there and make a Bears type of move for the next guy in that draft. And I believe the next guy in that draft is better than the first guy in this draft here. So, I mean, there's that option there. If you don't, you know, go out there and get a Lamar Jackson, who I believe is the cream of the crop of this year's, you know, uh, free agency class, smartest quarterbacks go, trade class draft, whatever you want to put it. He is the cream of the crop. But obviously he comes with questions because it's a reason why his own team doesn't want to pay him right now but again you know i would personally make the move for lamar jackson because i like lamar jackson i think he's a great quarterback i mean well i believe he's a great talent at the quarterback position i don't think he's the best thrower or anything but he's a talent and you need talent at that position regardless but if you're not going to make that move this year because obviously we talked about this ad nauseum with the ownership issues if Ron isn't here next year or whatever the case may be, I believe they're building a solid enough foundation for whoever, even if Ron is here next year, they're building a solid foundation even for themselves to go out and acquire that quarterback position like the Bears did this year. Hey, some, somebody I mean, the Panthers, question. I'm sorry, the Panthers. <laughs> somebody asked you, would you be willing to give up Terry McLaurin next year? Oh, Lord Jesus. I will say this. I won't do that. I will not give up Terry McLaurin if I'm getting a quarterback in that situation. But I can tell you this. We would be in better position than the Panthers after giving up DJ Moore for giving up Terry. But we wouldn't give up Terry. I don't think maybe Jahan Dawson will probably be in that conversation. But either way, you you have enough talent at wide receiver to withstand that kind of blow. And I didn't think the Carolina Panthers had enough talent at wide receivers to withstand the blow of letting the DJ Moore go, especially if you're moving up to get a quarterback, you know, a, a rookie quarterback that's going to need all the help he can get to transition to the next level. Okay. Fellas, um, everybody in the chat, man, appreciate y'all checking in. 
on this episode of Trap and Dive, man. Dre and AJ. Look, I'm glad we finally got some news to talk about. We definitely ain't done. Um, look, we're working to get some some guys, some people to come through. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let yesterday's embarrassment, or or not literally yesterday, but last week's uh, uh, issue go. I'm not gonna bring it up to the table. Um, that we went through last Thursday, but uh, you know, fingers crossed, things kind of continue pushing on for the better. It definitely wasn't embarrassing. I don't know why I use that word. Um, but uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Uh, we're gonna keep pushing. We got a guest on for us next week. Um, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern in the off season. Uh, if we do get like Duran was one idea where we could have done like a live or an emergency show, but um i guess if we have like significant things going on over here on the football side of things we can kind of tap into that that realm of emergency podcast but uh just stay tuned monday 7 p.m eastern uh we'll have some other shows as well when we get some guests uh booked up as well so uh just be on the lookout for those aj dre man um good luck for you dre because i'm sure you're going to be betting on the ncaa tournament like i am Yes, uh, I haven't made my deposit yet, but I will be doing it tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, uh, AJ, uh, I know you are not a gambler, but at the same time, you are a sports guy. So uh, if we do say we got money on somebody, just stay out of it. Don't call us. Don't call us fools. Don't wish us luck. You know what I'm saying? Hey, just all, silent. All, all I'm focused on this week is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yep. I knew it. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> we should have known better. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna wrap it up for us, man. All 32 podcasts on the way in a couple days. When, what's today? Tuesday. So tomorrow, I'm tripping. Not a couple days. Tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, man. Y'all stay tuned for that. Uh, Dre, AJ, y'all take it easy. Everybody in the chat, y'all take it easy. Appreciate y'all for listening. Appreciate y'all for watching. We out of here. Peace. Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap or Dive.